FMX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weed revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liat Re-Raceables podcast. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for telling a friend. These are a lot of fun to do, and uh, they've been going great so far. So thanks very much. Really, really appreciate it. The race we're going to do today, Orlando 2005. I'm Steve Mathis. With me is the Jason Wigand. Yeah. 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 Orlando 05. I, I was waiting for like a whole bunch of intro stuff. And oh, you just yeah. Threw it no, I'm, I'm changing it up. Okay. I like it. Okay. Yes. Orlando 05. Uh, maybe that's disappointing because we did do Anaheim 05 already. Yeah. But that's how electric 2005 was. It really was. And it really is the Anaheim 2005 do-over because if you wanted to see Reed battle Stu, it was a mud race. Stu got hurt. So this is the second Anaheim. It's the second chance to see these guys battle. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a lot of incitement in the air. I was working for uh, Tim Ferry at Team Yamaha at this point, and we'll get into that and Mm -hmm. what happened to me. But first, Liat, 6.5 velocity goggles, bulletproof. That's right. All Liat goggles are bulletproof. They they can take impacts like no other. The Liat 6.5 velocity goggles offer outstanding clarity in all conditions, featuring an easy clip-in lens that takes 20 seconds to replace and includes permanent permanent anti-fog, anti-scratch, and 170-degree wide vision, multiple layers of lush, removable, dual-density face foam, and anti-sweat fleece with an inner soft inner and ridged outer frame ensure ultimate comfort and durability. The Moto Concept Smart Top Yamaha guys running the 6.5 Velocity Goggle. In fact, they're head-to-toe with, with the Liat guys, so please check those out, whether it's the Flex Lot boots or the Liat 9.5, 8.5 helmets, whatever it is, uh, they've got you covered. Liat.com for more information on that. And Max's Tires, A-Ray, and uh, Rod Bell and Jeremy Smith and these guys running Max's Tires, MXSTs, developed by Jeremy McGrath, used by the team in the Nationals, used them in 2021 Supercars as well, uh, light truck tires, UTVs. I use the Minions on the mountain bike tires. They're, they're mountain bike tires. If you read any mountain bike magazines, the, the Maxxises are very, very good. So thanks to those guys for coming on as well as... Blenzol. Hey, Pulp listeners, listeners to our Reversible show here, brought to you by Liat. Do you, remember, do you know that smell? Do you remember that smell? It's the mixed gas smell, that two-stroke race day aroma, and that's the smell of Blenzol. For over 60 years, Blenzol Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders, and most importantly, engine builders, so you know what they're talking about. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Lessie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzol. Where was this race? Where did it take place? Glen Helen. You know anything about that race? A little bit, yeah. You were there? No, this wasn't the World Vets. This is a two-stroke championship. Oh, two-stroke championship. Yeah, different, different race. get in on this. Yeah. You can get in on yeah. that. Oh, so Lessie will show up anywhere, Yeah, he'll do the World anytime. Vets. He'll do two-strokes. He'll do all of it. Okay, well, don't worry. Nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzol's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil from the original green-label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label. Blenzol has you covered. You can learn more about Blenzol's rich heritage or to shop Blenzol's full line of two-stroke and, yes, four-stroke racing lubricants. Mm-hmm. Go to Blenzol.com or follow them at Blenzol on Instagram. Blenzol's back. Going they big. are back. Yeah, yes. they are. Yep. Uh, new owners, I believe, and uh, new influence and, uh, and everything else. So Varner and Lessie. 
If they approve, <laughs> it's it's fine. I mean, they leave nothing yes, on the table. No, they do not. Yes. Uh, thanks for listening again, everybody. So, Orlando 05, this is the first dry race of Stu's come, uh, 250 debut, uh, and it was everyone was waiting for it. Uh, we're going to have our categories as well later on the show. Who really won? Who's that guy? Lit Kid Award. Where's JT? And the Jacob Marsak uh, Memorial Award, even though Marsak is still with us. Uh, so we'll have all those categories coming up shortly here on the uh, on the show. Um couple things to start we each so Stu comes back breaks his collarbone in phoenix uh arm arm, arm comes back for this practice, race yeah. yeah in practice yep. yep uh comes back for this race uh we have um denny stevenson and robbie floyd calling yeah this race. having a good so, time robbie floyd he's not the regular guy no, uh, the regular guy, ironically, in 05 is Todd Harris, yeah. who will become once again part of the Supercross TV package this year. Uh, but I believe ESPN had a real rotating cast like Cameron Steele and Jamie Little and Todd Harris. It was like every weekend they had them doing something. Yep. So I bet by the time they got to March, there was probably an IndyCar race or something. Yeah. So they bring uh, in Robbie Floyd, who normally does arena cross. And, and you can tell because Robbie Floyd drops arena cross 15 to 20 times. All the arena cross yeah. references. <laughs> hey, actually, actually... When we watched Anaheim 1, it was Cameron Steele, wasn't it? I think it was. So actually, even Denny at that point was arena cross, not supercross. Yeah. Even Denny was a fill-in. So it was yeah. an entire fill-in group of announcers on yeah, TV. That yeah, yeah. And, and yep. what are the chances in Orlando mm. that Robbie Floyd mm. and, and Debo mm-hmm. went straight from the bar to the, to, the, to the stadium on Saturday? At least straight from the stadium to the bar and vice versa all around. All I mean, around. All around these two guys. There's fun to be had in Orlando. Yes. Central Florida. Mm-hmm. And those guys, pretty good at finding it. Pretty good at finding mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those guys are our announcers. They're setting up the uh, the day. And uh, I guess uh, early in the show, uh, Roger Clemens is there. What? <laughs> Roger Clemens. Why is Roger Clemens there? I don't know. In all the celebrity cameos in Supercross history, if you had given me you know, an hour to name all of them, I wouldn't have yeah. come up with Roger Clemens. Randy Johnson? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Saw him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Photographer, yeah. actually, at yeah. times. Uh, yeah, that's just a casual reference at the beginning. Robbie Floyd's like, everybody's here. They want to see the showdown. Even Roger Clemens. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Roger Clemens, multi-time Cy Young Award yeah. winner, baseball yeah. pitcher. He- is he a Supercross fan? I don't know. I don't know, but he was at Orlando 05. He was at Orlando 05. So, yeah, that was yep. something else. Uh, so, yeah, really, really uh, interesting race. And... The hype was huge, still, still, because oh, yeah. uh, uh, Robbie Floyd's talking about how he's got chills, how this is it. Bro, I was right and, there with him. And it was funny. You were doing a webcast. Yes, Jim yeah, Holly, You were doing a webcast. Yep. It's funny to see um, the, the level of hype go up, and then they have these interviews before the show. Davey, uh, is it Davey? Who's there? Yes, so yes, then also a pit reporter, yep. Jamie Little not there, yep. so they called Davey Coombs back. Right, and... So that was wad because Davey had been done for a long time. Yeah, four but, or five years. Yep, but uh, but we talked to him. Coming yes, up here on the show, he will be on the show. He, he will yes. be on the show here yep. shortly. Uh, he literally doesn't know how he ended up being pit reporter. We right. ask and he doesn't have an answer. Davey talks to Stu about his comeback, and James says the typical things. I'm going to play it safe. I'm happy to be here. I'm going to have some fun. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. They cut to an interview with Ricky with Chad, and then they ask Chad, "How are you going to deal with Stu?" Basically, coming back. <laughs> Yes. You know, and then they cut to Ricky and Ricky, they asked Ricky, how are you going to deal with Stu? Yeah. Like, this is like saying, you know, at Houston won 2021. Hey, Eli, you're the defending champion. How are you going to deal with Chase Sexton? It's true. Yeah. It's true. That's the <laughs> level of hype that there was for Stu. But if you're rolling your eyes over this, I think most people understand it. But if you don't and you're rolling your eyes, it was totally justified. Yeah. Totally justified. A hundred percent. Yes. He, he we was... all knew that there was a chance that James Stewart would just dominate from the very first race he was in. He had essentially, what race was he ever in his whole life? Ever. 
in any class that he was just like, ah, he's got to learn, man. He's not fast enough. <laughs> just a learning year for Jay. Yeah. 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 The chances of him winning this race were good. Not yeah. perfect. Like right. maybe Ricky and Reed had him covered. Maybe. But him winning the race was absolutely in play. But it is interesting, and we're actually going to talk to Carmichael on the show, but it is interesting. Those guys had such egos back then, and it was so gnarly. You have to figure it rubbed them wrong, even though it was justified. Probably oh, yeah. rubbed them wrong a little yeah. bit. Yeah, oh, 100%. No, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I remember this race for a couple of different reasons. One, okay. Red Dog had a bad wrist. 05, not a good year for Timmy. Yeah. Uh, our bikes were really good. The, they were the first year of the aluminum frame, YZ250s. Not ideal, not as good as the steel frames, but the bikes were good anyways. Chad didn't like it a lot. Uh, Timmy had wrist problems, uh, broke it in 04, mm. Anaheim 2, 04, and uh, never really could get it fixed. And it was a really frustrating year and a half for us. Uh, a really good 2003 season. Rough 2004 after the wrist, uh, uh, came back, he had pain, he had discomfort, all that kind of stuff. And so he's battling that, and he is nowhere near what he used to be. He is a, a, an eighth to tenth place guy. Yeah, and he had been podium guy yeah. uh, before that. I was wondering, so Timmy had been the four-stroke guy, yeah. besides just one random Anaheim where you guys raced a two-stroke. What the hell was that about? Yeah. And then uh, he went back. Yeah, then he went back. Well, our, our carburetor fell off. So he was angry? And he was angry. Because it had happened before and put him in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, nothing to do with me. Just a, uh, these Yamahas and the air boots and, and they would slip off even though everything was tight and everything yeah. was good. The yeah. garbage would come off but on like they hard could, landings. Then they convinced him to go back one week later. No, he got hurt. Uh, uh, got hurt with that two-stroke crash. Oh. He was out for a little bit. Yeah, so he, he would have stayed on the two-stroke. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't, yeah, history. I don't know how history would have gone, but... He flew into the tunnel at Anaheim with a two-stroke. <laughs> so he didn't the even really get a chance to race it. No, no. So I'm wondering, so by 05 now, he's back to two-stroke full-time. Uh, only indoors. Right. So, yeah. But um, obviously he was hurt all year, so we never got to see it. Do you No, think, he was racing, just not, yeah. Not at right, his Right, okay, yes, got it. My question, what I'm getting around to here is, Timmy had been a podium-level guy on the four-stroke. I'm sure he wouldn't have tried the two-stroke if he didn't think it was better. Yes, would it have been a step up? Did we not get to see how good we didn't he get maybe... to see it? I don't know. We didn't get to see it. He probably would have been better in those days. I don't know. Good question. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know because we didn't know back then. The four strokes had some really good advantages, and we didn't really yeah. think about that. It was like yes. a, it was like a roll of the dice. But they were really good in the whoops, and I mean, right? Timmy was a good guy on a four stroke indoors. He was, you know. So yeah. how much better would he have been? Well, that's right? what I'm saying. Like, yeah. does he get five percent better if he's on this two stroke? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Right. That like, wasn't. I don't know. No flying it, at the test track to back this no, up. Or no, no, no. It was okay. just a safety thing. It was like, hey, this thing's dangerous. This oh, carburetor okay. is going to come out. You know what I mean? And we're just like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I remember this race for a few. Days different reasons and uh, one of them we'll get to as far as the starting line before the main event but uh timmy was out there and he crashed i swear it's funny how your memory works right if you had asked me before uh i swear he crashed in the heat and then yeah. i had to scramble to get the bike ready for the semi mm. and he made it to the semi and then i got the ama mechanic of the night award unbelievable i got called on stage mmi, MMI whatever MMI. it was was it mmi okay so um that's what I would have told you, but we'll be watching this race. He crashes in the semi. Yeah. And, uh, and then has to go to the LCQ. Yeah. Wins the LCQ. And then, uh, but so he, he didn't do much though. Like he cartwheeled violently for sure. It looked like a bad crash. Yeah. And I got the bike to the pits and I just like, un I undid the triple clamps and straightened the front end 
and I think I replaced a silencer maybe and like 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 they were like oh you know after that brutal Scramble. crash and I'm like not really I was I was eating a donut you know <laughs> like I had time to eat eat a donut or whatever like it wasn't that big of a deal but somehow they thought that violently crash sure Anyways, I got Mechanic of the Night yeah. award. Uh, so I got up on stage with Terry Boyd. He interviewed me in front of the whole stadium. What would you say? Do you remember? Uh, uh, I remember that I said I want to – I acted like a racer. Um, I acted like a racer. So I said I, want, I couldn't have done it without my team. I really want to thank Oakley, I said, which made Bevo really mad. Really? Team is a Scott guy, but Oakley, I had Oakley clear glasses. Oh, yeah. I want to thank Oakley. I want to thank Mechanics Wear. You know what I mean? I did all that. You did all thing. that. And everyone was laughing on my, on my team. You know what I mean? So. I mean, you did not know at the time that you'd probably have thousands and thousands of broadcast hours coming your way. Did you not know this? I did not know that. You did not know that. No. So were you like, oh my God, this is my chance? Yeah, I was. I, I, yeah, for sure. I, I remember the echo of the stadium was jacking me up, right? When you talk yeah, into a live mic yeah, and yeah. you hear the echo. Yep. But, but uh, so I got Mechanic of the Night. I got 200 bucks. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's 200 bucks. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and donut. I got a donut already. Well, I don't. Solid yeah, night. Right. A great night. So uh, I was mechanic of the night this night uh, for, for Timmy getting Timmy's bike fixed for the LCQ. And after that, I really, I think he got 10th. Did he get 10th? I got the results. Yeah, he got 10th. Yeah. And I cannot tell you one thing about it. Like, I have no idea. But um, So he was riding hurt all year, though. He was. He was really frustrated. He ended up going to, at the, in 05, he tweaked his knee at Bud's Creek. Yeah. Called it a season. Yeah. Found, he had two surgeries on his wrist at that point. Found a guy in Wyoming who said, I can fix your wrist. Like, huh. and he's like, well, nobody else can. And the doctor's yeah. like, no, I got to do this to this bone mm -hmm. and you'll be able to ride. You'll be pain free. And he did it and it worked. Uh -huh. Yeah. The third surgery was like, just the doctor was like, oh, hey, dude, you got it. You got this going on in there. Like, cause there's an avicular, right? There's this real mm -hmm. small bones in your wrist and everything. Yep. It's, it's a real, and, uh, and then you got the triple X ride, you know, he got dropped, got triple X ride and the rest is history. He had Cali. a second, second career after he that. Did. But, yep. um, anyway, so this 05 season for me and Timmy, very frustrating. Uh, Chad, not happy with the bike, with the aluminum frame. He was upset at things. And, uh, it was my last year at Yamaha as well. So I was, uh, it was, was, I look, don't look back on it very fondly like the, the season and just because red dog was not happy he was not the same guy i knew he was yeah, very yeah. frustrated probably knew he was going to get fired so yeah um so yeah. uh i always wonder this when you're in the trenches as a mechanic like okay I, I say this all the time we all knew Stu and rc were hyped like no other two had ever been hyped yep. they one would break a record a couple years later Stu would break that record rc would set this record Stu would break it we yeah. all knew inevitably yeah i'm talking when they were teenagers right. you knew someday they would be the top two guys yep. battling in the trenches that you are, and you're just really focused on your Timmy's guy, did you have anticipation for that, or do you go to these races just like, hey, man, I'm just dealing with Timmy. I'm not yeah. even wondering about yeah. these guys. Uh, me being a little bit of a motocross historian and yeah. being a little bit of a fan, yeah. uh, I definitely was like, this is cool. Like, this dude's badass. You know what right. I mean? Like, I, I, but, but for the most part, you're, you're just running around Timmy's guy. focused on, t on Tim Ferry. Timmy's guy. So, um, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, James was phenomenal. I've told a story about the Phoenix crash, you know, where he was sideways on the t on our yes. table and i'm like you yes. can't do that james because that <laughs> yeah. will bite you and it did it yes. bit him like two laps later after i after i thought that in my head mm -hmm. where i'm like dude you're gonna lose traction you're hitting this berm so fast so yep. anyways um so james comes back uh first of all the first thing we upon the re-watching this race mm -hmm. re-raceable race uh you tyler evans blew your mind Oh man, can Tyler, I give him one of the categories, or we gotta do that later? Uh, no, we can do it later. Yeah, I, I, uh, Tyler Evans, I remember, obviously had talent. <laughs> yeah, and very rarely got it all together. 
but there was a brief window where he was just like serious focused racer and was yeah. actually using the talent. So yeah. I knew that he eventually got good. I did not know that he got this good in the heat race. He catches and passes Timmy. Okay. Bad wrist Timmy. Yeah. But also Tortelli. Yeah. Who wasn't a supercross specialist, but he was pretty good. Yeah. And he was factory Suzuki. He was Carmichael's teammate Tortelli yeah. and he just gets passed straight up <laughs> and left. Yeah. Tyler Evans passes Ferry and Tortelli. I did not know Tyler Evans ever got that right, good. Right, You knew he was like a top privateer. Yeah, But yeah, not yeah. passing factory guys good. No, again, I know Tortelli only won one yeah. Supercross, but he's a top five guy. Yeah, yeah. And Evans just leaves him. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Now, the Tyler Evans thing was hilarious. He did good that year. And I remember at the Supercross banquet, Mel Harris from Suzuki, they gave him a $25,000 check mm -hmm. for doing such a great job as a yeah. Suzuki privateer. And then Tyler Evans' whole speech is about nobody helps me. No, I get no support from anyone. You know, the industry hates me. I have to do it against all odds while he's holding a check for $25,000 from Suzuki. And I'm like, come on guy. Yeah. He, he was uh, often a little bit of his worst enemy, right? Yeah. Uh, he got a Husky ride out of this year. I believe if you want to say that that's actually anything, but yeah. Yeah. And I remember, uh, you know, he was always much better at supercross than outdoors. I remember some of the supercross is actually okay for him on the Husky, but I just randomly remember being at like Troy, Ohio once and seeing him on the Husky outdoors. And he was never really that good outdoors. And the Husky obviously had its issues and just being like, Oh man, this is yeah. like, this is the factory team. And yeah. he's like, not even in the points. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it was good. But that supercross race was, was good. That, that, this race for supercross skills, I should say was good for, for Tyler. Yeah, oh, he had talent. There's no doubt. Um, yep. The, why are Debo, and Robbie Floyd yelling and so close to each other in the booth. <laughs> yeah. Is there like, they only had half a booth in these days of social distancing. Yeah. It is jarring. I yeah. mean, they are shoulder to shoulder. So then when they turn to speak to each other, they're about to start making out. <laughs> they are so close to each other at the yeah. beginning of this show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it funny. Amazing. And they're yelling and, and Robbie Floyd's going, I got chills. I got chills. Oh, they're so yeah, jacked. Yeah, yeah. They're so jacked. It, it is like Jesus himself is coming and, and, and it's good. No, that's part of the job. So I'm not, I'm not really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Stu being there. It's unbelievable. Right. And, uh, he was at the peak of his, of his hype. Um, you know, this was still nothing but fun Stu. This yeah. was still yep. no bloom off the rose. Like yeah. everybody loves Stu. He was hilarious. He was exciting. Um, I think very quickly, you know, once he was in this class and the winds didn't automatically, he won some supercross races this year, Yeah, but the winds weren't coming as easy for the first time in his life. Yeah. And we, we talk about this a little bit later in the show, but like yeah. at that point, Carmichael had the fans media yeah. PR game down so well, yep. he flipped it. He turned the tables on Stu instantly. I don't think Stu had ever experienced anything like yeah. that. And he yeah. started turning mysterious Stu <laughs> real quick. It didn't take long. Yeah. And, no. he, and he probably got burnt a few times by some people, you know, and, and, and then, yeah. And then all that. Um, um, so this is like the, to me about the end of those two fifty nine, Yeah. Super fun. Stu right, days. Right. Uh, Stu won the heat. So he comes Straight out. Straight up. Ricky's in first. Ricky blows a berm, and Stu just takes off. I don't think he blew a berm. You don't think he blew a berm? No. I think he's like, I'm not racing this dude. Go. Really? I, I really think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it was too convenient, and TV only has Stu. By the way, they have a live helmet cam. Yeah. 15 years ago, we've yeah, got this. Yeah, yeah. Do not have this now. And, and it is a hell of a ride on James Stewart. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. wears it. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. top guy. Yeah. Uh, Ricky just goes to the berm. I guess he blows out a berm to me. It looks like he went to the top of the berm and paused and said, go by. I'm not racing wow. you. That's Stu wins the heat. Stu wins the heat. Straight up. Yeah, straight up. Straight up. Uh, so that's, that's pretty good. Um, 
you know what's funny when you watch Stu in this? Like, look, the speeds they're mile, and mile an hour that they're going now on 454 strokes is unbelievable. You watch these old races, and everyone looks slow to a degree, mm-hmm. speed-wise. But there are still, you know, they're not jumping as far as they are now. Even Stu isn't. Yeah. But there are still moments where you see him. Even though he's not jumping as far as today's riders and not going as fast, where you're still like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I agree. Oh, he, how the hell did he do that? Uh, we were laughing because Ernie's on a factory Honda here, and his stuff, he can barely, he's bouncing off. The, he can't hang on to this thing. No. It looks so incredibly stiff. I know the hype is just that there's 454 strokes, so everyone just talks about engines, engines, engines. But when I watch these races, what really sticks out to me is when they land these jumps, they are jarring landings. Yeah. The suspension was so much worse. Yeah. And maybe the tracks and the skills have evolved over. Yeah, it was a hard dirt Orlando too. It was hard yeah. track, but yeah. You watch the way the guys land on downsides of jumps now compared to 2005. Right. Um, uh, dude, it's like a jarring impact. Uh, Stu yeah. wins the heat. Mm-hmm. Stu, the Suzuki strategy for this one is Stu scrubbing. Yeah, yeah. Cowie guy. Yeah, Cowie guy's yeah. on the Suzuki strategy thing. And, and he's just like, show. yeah, I like to do scrubbing to scare people. Yeah. 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 Straight up. Yeah. yeah. And he says, I'd like to see Ricky and Chad try it. Yeah, like if that was said now, do you, social media would effing explode. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Speaking of that, uh, at some point, uh, Keith Johnson is docked for cutting the track and the results. So uh, Robbie Floyd says Keith Johnson got sixth, but he's actually got seventh because of the AMA docked him for cutting the tracks. And Danny Stevenson goes, "That's the AMA in the politics for you." Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. You just said this on the air. First of all, like maybe he really did dock the jump the tra- dock the track or yes. jump the cut the track and get docked rightfully so like denny's just assuming politics politics. came into this right right we had a race in houston this year where ken roxon gets penalized for jumping on a red cross can you imagine yeah if carmichael just throws it it's all about politics that would never be said (laughs) that would never be said on the air oh it's great it's so Um, wild and i worked for supercross at that time and i felt that it was such a tight ship they were very careful about their branding and their image yeah Yet you see these things, you're like, it's loose. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's loose. Um, that's pretty funny. The Butterfinger Hole Shot Award. I forgot yeah, about yeah, Butterfinger. Mainstream. They were there. You had some, uh, had that, had Speed Stick for a while. Yeah. They were we, pulling some legit. Yeah, we did. We, what happened to that? Well, we got energy drinks now. Yeah, we we're do. All right. Uh, also, yeah. uh, another thing that was funny was the Supercross the Movie promo. Oh, God. Pingree's in it. Rich Taylor, Dave Castillo are being interviewed. Because they are the stunt they riders. They are the stunt riders for the two yes. stars. They talked to the two stars. Uh, one of them was Channing Tatum. I did not know this. I didn't know this. Channing Tatum um, was in this movie. Do you remember, though, Weege? The Supercross promoters were gobbling the Supercross, t- the movie Supercross. Uh, I think t- they were paying for it. Yes. They, oh, Supercross, the movie paid? I think. The, I don't the know. The promoters surely paid for this movie to be made. Oh, I didn't right? think so. I you figured they were thinking this is our ticket to, to this is our ticket to. Uh, no, wait. So you think a movie studio company is like, hey, this hot sport, we want to make a movie about it. Yes. Yeah. I figured I figured the promote it's not felt back then. Yeah. The owners of the series then were like, We got an idea. No, Let's have a no, movie no, be made. no, 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 no. I, I don't I don't think that was true. I think Hall, the, the, there was a good script and there was a supercross and then okay. so then the supercross guys were like, This is it. Oh yeah. This is it. This oh, yeah. will take us to the top. This will be Terminator two type of hype. And, well, it was, and it was the worst movie ever. I think Days of Thunder. Yeah. You could make a reasonable case that NASCAR four or five years after that movie was you know way po- more that popular. Is, you're right. You so could. I'm sure that was their move. Yes. I, that's why I thought they paid for it. No, they did not pay for it. I mean, not, we need oh. to get to the bottom of this, but they did okay. not pay for it. Uh, you know, we had them on the webcast a few times. The oh, you did? And actresses. So now that I think about it, I must have interviewed Chan- Channing Tatum at some point. Yeah. 
You yeah. should run with that. Put that on your they resume. They had the actress on there. Holly liked it. Oh, yeah. Holly liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were so stoked on this movie. And, and, it, and it came out. I went to the Hollywood premiere. I went to the premiere in Hollywood, and it was garbage. There was a Hollywood premiere? There was a premiere in Hollywood, yeah. Now, here's what I remember. It yep. came out the weekend of the Buds, uh, the Binghamton Broom Tioga National. Well, during the week I went. It was oh, during the week. Okay. Yeah, no, it was a, a weeknight in, in L.A. Really? Yeah. Oh, they yeah. Big thing. Pookie and I went. Yeah. Were there industry people there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it had to be if I was involved. I was a greaseball mechanic. A greaseball so, mechanic. So I went, and it, and we sat there, and we're like, this is terrible. And I was in the opening credits, by the way. I'm in the opening credits. You're seen. Yeah, holding a pit board and everything. I, my name is in the credits. Oh, it is? Yeah, because the entire staff of Supercross, including myself and Jim Holly, are actually in the credits. Do you show your kids that? I should. Huh. Uh, it's not on IMDb. What the hell? Oh, I, I got to show my yeah, kids. You got to do it. Um, so it came out the weekend of Broom Tioga, and that's when we had Friday. Yeah. Or sorry, Saturday practice yep. for Sunday races. Yep. So everybody went to the movie theater. There's a movie that you might remember. There's like a movie theater and like a uh, Chili's. Or, yeah. 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 That one yeah. shopping yep. center in Broom Tioga. Yeah, yeah, everybody right. went to TGI Fridays, I think. Yeah. So I just remember everybody going. I think it was awesome. And then everyone walking out of the movies and being like, oh, my no, God. It was so bad. Sucked. Um yeah, but but boy, did Supercross ever roll the red carpet out? Speaking of red carpets, oh. for these guys. Oh my God! <laughs> they filmed Vegas. They were in Vegas the next day. They did a bunch of stunts, yeah. and, and yep. yeah, they walked in the pits. And yeah, it was. So this this Orlando 05, you got the stew hype, and then you have the Supercross That's the movie, movie hype. hype. There's two things about Supercross the movie that really anger me, and it's not the plot necessarily. Yeah. yeah. First of all, why is it called Supercross the movie? <laughs> what movie? It's called Days of Thunder. Yeah. It's not called NASCAR the movie. Yeah. It's called Top Gun. Right. It's not called Air Force the movie. <laughs> right. No one names their movie the movie. Why did Steve Whitelock name the class the Supercross class? The Supercross class. <laughs> Nothing is stupider than saying you, you race a Supercross in a Supercross class? A Supercross class. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's the an unbelievable. Class. Right. Yes. Unbelievable. Um, the other thing that gets me mad is they went through all this work to develop this trash script. Yep. And I'm like, bro. You got Carmichael and Stu right here. Yeah. Just do that. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. would be better yeah. than what you made up, and it's free. It's sitting right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was it was so bad. Uh, so that was a couple of highlights of the, of the, of the pre-show and everything else. Um, so main event comes. Yeah. We're on the line. We're getting ready. Chad's bike has a problem. Oh, Chad Reed's bike has a problem. Uh, after the parade lap... I was on the team again, and uh, and Chad's like the bikes the bikes acting up the bikes weird, you know, and it, it had an air leak is what it was. Okay. It was it was like revving really high, and uh, I remember I don't remember the specifics on how we diagnosed it, but it was the ba cylinder base nut under the power valve cover, so it wasn't there's four base nuts to hold the cylinder down, and uh, it was the cylinder. That come loose. Is so, that the hardest one to get to? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. it's the one behind the pipe behind the power valve uh. cover. So we. You can see on the broadcast, Ricky's looking at his watch and he's talking to Goose, right? Yep, and, I and I remember them yelling. I don't know if Ricky himself was yelling, but yeah. Suzuki's like, hey, hey we got to go. We got to go. You know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I don't think it was, it's, there's a rule of two minutes. But, then Davey, but the Davey, reporter yeah. says they don't have that rule right now. They, it went away. Yeah. Yeah. Because we needed more than two minutes. We oh. took the pipe off. We took the power valve cover off. We put a wrench on it. Yeah. You know, did all that. And, yeah. and, and, and we fixed it. But you got to think Chad's like, first of all, the rider doesn't know what the hell is the problem, but he knows the team says it's fixed. But do they really know? Right. They don't know. So Chad's in his mind is like, I hope my team fixed this. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it doesn't die on a trip. So very stressful night. I got yeah. the mechanic of the night award yeah. earlier and now I was down there on the jumbotron and, uh, and, uh, Mitch Payton always makes a joke that he thought it was Pat Miris, the truck driver, that I was Pat Miris. 
Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm like, no, Mitch, it was me. He's like, I always thought it was Pat up there fixing the bike. Nice. So, uh, rookie. Yeah, if you folks watch his back, you'll yeah. see a young yeah. Steve Mathis in yeah. the group of what, four or five? Yeah, shirts. Yep, 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 yep. I'm there. And then at some point uh, in the heat race, remember after Stu wins the heat or whoever wins the heat, I'm they show him riding off and I'm still there looking for Timmy. Yes. Right. I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> the guy who won doesn't matter. Like, I got to look for my guy. Is he still, is he still out there? <laughs> True. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Good, good times. Yep. Uh, Liet, uh, Re-Raceables Pod brought to you by Maxis and the folks at uh, Blenzol as well. Uh, the Flex Lock Boots, 5.5 Flex Lock Boots. You'll see these on Vince Freeze and Brock Tickle and Shane McElrath and Benny Bloss. Uh, designed with outstanding comfort and grip optimization with unique features like the sun, the, the auto-locking one-way sliding closure for a great seal at the top of the boot. Their adjustable Flex Lock system reduces forces to the ankle by up to 37% and by the knee up to 35% by locking out the ankle movement when over flexed giving you that feel of security 400 bucks for these boots uh you can get them uh, anywhere uh, that sells Liat products and you know this company as well great gear and neck braces and protection uh they have a whole line of protection shoulder pads and knee pads and things like that so thanks to those guys and of course maxis tires uh mxsts and minion tires mountain bike tires are great so whether it's the it which came way back in the day actually we used maxis at moto triple x oh. um in 02 way nick way yeah so we may do a re-raceable with, with and this Maxis read will be very appropriate yeah. for that time. Yeah. So uh, and and of course Blenzol. Blenzol's on board with us. So thank you. To Actually, those guys. we blew it. We did Indio too. We did Indio too. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think Nick made the broadcast at all. So no, I never I even thought about it. Right. right. No. So uh, yeah, thanks to thanks to those guys for mm-hmm. coming on. Um, so we get to chat. We get Chad's bike fixed, and and yeah. then the gate drops, and it is on, and Stu is riding like an animal. Yes. He looks very hungry to prove a point. You know, we were just talking uh, to some other Supercross people here where we're in our undisclosed location. We're recording this. Those three guys were so much better. Kevin Windham was there. Yeah. But for the most part. Villeman. Yeah. 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 But for the most part, it it shocks me to see like, wow, it was hyped up. Ricky versus Chad versus Stu. And it's amazing that it works out perfectly that they're one, two, three so early. But I'm forgetting that... Those guys could pretty much get to one, two, three immediately, no matter where they started. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad for sure. They were so much faster than everyone. Windham could so battle, much better, so much better. Yeah. So yeah, they end up exactly what you want. Yep. Stu gets the lead. Yep. Ricky's right behind him. Shout out to the whole sh- whole shot master though. Kyle Lewis on the f- somehow on a dry, slippery, slippery track from the outside gate on a on a four stroke. Kyle Lewis pulls a whole shot. Yeah, and I'm not trying to take digs at Kyle, but he always used to brag about he's pulling factory bikes on his privateer Moto Triple yes, machine, and I'm yes. like, you're on a 450. <laughs> yes, They're exactly. on 252 strokes. I know, that never that part Kyle always left out. He left that part but out. But he was a great starter. He was a great starter. He was always a great starter, but yes. we added in that four-stroke. Look out. Look out. And so Lewis pulls the holy, but quickly gets displaced. Yes, um, and it's, then it's the three. And then it's the three of them. It's the battle that everybody wanted. I and mean, yeah. even Roger Clemens was probably stoked. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was firing. He yeah. was just throwing pitches <laughs> up there, just so angry. <laughs> throwing bats, actually, is what he was known for. Too. Right, right. So, uh, do you want to get a guest on and hype this up? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, yeah, we should do that. Let's do that. So, yeah, let's bring let's bring Coombs in because we yeah. talked to him earlier about this. And so TV uh, pit reporter for the, this race, the ESPN pit reporter yep. uh, Davy Coombs will bring him in here, and uh, let's let's listen to what Davy had to say about that great night when Stu made his real debut. Mm. And now, as we said, let's bring in a man who was the sideline reporter that we can't quite figure out for Orlando 2005 on the Liat Re-Raceables podcast. It's RacerX online editor-in-chief, Davey Coombs. What's up, DC? How are you? Hey, good. Just uh, sitting here doing homeschool at the table, and I went back and watched that Orlando 
05 race and I realized that even though I was there, it's like I wasn't there because it was hard to get a word in edgewise with Robbie Floyd and Denny Stevenson. <laughs> oh, there's some fast talking. Yes. There's the, some fast talking. The, it, it, we were already making some jokes about that for sure. Um, and, and I, we were wondering if those guys came straight from the bar to the TV show. Uh, on, in, on Orlando, it was, in Orlando, it was highly possible. <laughs> yes. There was, a, there was a place called... Uh, Rachel's in Castlebury or something like that. And I always remember that was that was the go-to place for the uh, the Rat Pack of Factory Phil, and, yeah, uh, Ping and and so on. And and uh, it was just it was nearby. And and um, uh, I can always remember that. But you know, not me. Not oh, me. No, 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 you heard about it. You no, heard about yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Asking for a friend. The first thing we thought of when we saw you though was uh, Wage and I are like, wait. He's doing the pit reporting in 05? Like, we thought you were done by then, but I guess not. You're still still you, filling in. You know, I, I had kind of reached my um, uh, end with the World Supercross rounds. In, um, they were in um, Jerez, Spain, uh-huh. which... <laughs> or Seville, sorry. Yeah. Which will one day be an amazing re-raceable to review that mud race i know you were there steve it was crazy yeah insane yeah um and then uh when i came back you know the the magazine was up and running and and so i did um a little more outdoors but they were ready to transition not only uh because you know art and david had kind of gotten to the point where i think that they were ready for something else and they wanted to change up the sound and i said this thing i said from day one hey if you guys ever need me i'll be right over there in the front row, mm-hmm. uh, just just let me know. I love doing this; it's a lot of fun. But I had ran out of time, and I'd started a family, and right. so for whatever reason, uh, you know, I know Denny had taken over, and that's how Jason moved up to do uh, the live uh, Supercross webcast. Um, and about the same time, and uh, it, I, I, I really don't know the situation where it became <laughs> Robbie, Denny, and I. Yeah. I just know that at the very end, they said, interview James Stewart. I was like, James, how do you feel? Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, we saw, like, we did Anaheim 05 on here, and it was, I think the normal crew is supposed to be Todd Harris, and that shows how life goes full circle, right? Yeah. With Denny, and Jamie Little is the pit reporter. So all I can imagine is ESPN had a different event that Todd Harris and Jamie Little had to go to. Yeah. And then they called Robbie and you. That's all I can imagine. Yep. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was absolutely okay with that. It was always fun. And, you know, even Jason, when I, you know, went to bat for you whenever you were having uh, I, your boy. A baby, yeah. <laughs> a baby. I, I was all of a sudden, I'm sitting there with Jeff Emig. And, and yeah. it was like, wow, Jeff Emig is really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> now, the reason we picked Orlando 05 is I, I, I want to exp- I can't believe it's already 15 years ago. But I've, I remember what it was like. With fans in the industry then, there will never be an anticipated showdown like Carmichael and Stewart. Their pedigree and the timing. The timing that it was basically Ricky would set a record, James would break it. Ricky would set it, James would break it. And the miracle of they were just far enough in age that they had not ever raced each other until they got to the premier class of Supercross. No Super Minis, no 65s, not even 125s. So Anaheim 1 was a flood. Uh, James gets hurt around two. This was it. It was like when James comes back from this broken arm, they will race. So I remember I couldn't wait for this thing. Do you remember that feeling in that time, Davey? Absolutely. I remember even before that, Jason, in practice of the 2002 Anaheim Supercross opener, they had factory practice on Friday and they mixed the 125s and 250s together and somehow 
there was Ricky, uh, you know, on his mm. brand new Honda, and there was this little number 259, and they actually did a couple laps together. And I remember just being, you know, as Langers would say, gobsmacked uh, <laughs> to see those two guys riding together. And your mind immediately is like, you couldn't, you couldn't wait. And then, and then, you know, it finally happens in 05. And like you said, it's the, the perfect storm. And then James gets hurt. And so I remember distinctly not thinking that Stewart was going to have the speed that he would need to jump in the season. You know, that was, yeah. that was what late, late March. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and at this point, you know, Chad had grown into uh, uh, literally Ricky's equal at that point. You know, he had the, he was the 04 champion. He had a chip on his shoulder. They were they were starting to really face each other off. But but I know that Chad was getting lost in the conversation. It was always well, Ricky wasn't there in 04, and wait mm-hmm. till James Stewart gets here. So it, it gave Chad like the, that that third wheel on this amazing buddy journey between Ricky and James. <laughs> And, and all of a sudden, you know, they're all living like down there in like, practically the same county in Florida. And, and, and it kind of all bubbled up to where Orlando, not Anaheim, not Phoenix, not yeah. Daytona, but, but the, the Citrus Bowl was going to be that, that D-Day moment. And, uh, you know, James didn't disappoint. Ricky did. Chad did not disappoint. I, I thought it was I thought it was great in the fact that okay, so Adam seen Cirillo, a lot of hype last year, and and we're gonna watch him and it's exciting and everything else. But it wasn't. I didn't remember going up to Eli Tomac saying, "What are you gonna do with uh with Adam seen Cirillo?" And I, going up to um, uh, Jason Anderson saying, "What are you gonna do about Adam seen Cirillo?" This race, Orlando 05, Davy, and you. They cut to James in the pits. I'm sure you did it. They didn't show you, but I'm sure you were the guy in the pits doing it. They start off with asking James, hey, what do you think about coming back? What do you think about this and that? They cut to studio shots or wherever those are done. I don't know if they're done in the back somewhere. And they asked Chad about James and they asked Ricky about James. Like, like nobody... Like, hey, what do, you, what do you think about this kid tonight? Like, what do you think? Like, Oh, that would have been like saying at round one in Houston this year. Yeah. Hey, Roxon, what yeah. are you going to do about Sexton? Right. How are you going to handle this Sexton <laughs> right. kid? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you make my point better. Like, it's just phenomenal to see, like, they're asking Ricky and Chad, what are you going to do about this guy? Who hasn't raced in this class ever. <laughs> Who's never raced. <laughs> but but, 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 but you, you have to remember, you know, it's, it's hard in words to anyone who didn't see James Stewart on a 125 in person, mm-hmm. in Supercross, in outdoors. I don't care what your argument is, whether it's for Mark Barnett or Ronnie Lachine or Gaston Raye or even the late Marty Smith and, and, and Bob Hurricane Hannah. No one ever went as fast on a 125cc motorcycle as James Stewart. And he was in the spotlight from the time he was like, you know, six years old because mm-hmm. he was, you know, he was, he followed the same course as Ricky. He'd been picked up early. Scott Taylor pointed him out and he was running um, AXO and then Fox in Florida, got him a full d- deal. And, and all of a sudden James became the poster child for sort of amateur motocross in America. And we always were like, just wait for James, just wait for James. That had to have gotten long and, you know, tired of listening to for, for Ricky and Chad because they were the, the alpha dogs at the yeah. time. They, they, they had the, the last four Supercross championships. So I think it's fair to ask them, but I could see them both just sort of yeah. being like, 
really? You're going to ask me about that guy? What about Wyndham? Well, <laughs> yeah. in, hindsight, in hindsight, we know that whereas Kevin was right there, you know, on the edge of the podium all the time in, in that three-way battle that was Ricky, Chad, and James, they were in a class by themselves, and they were in a class by themselves the day James showed up. And that was that race in Orlando. Yeah, it was kind of alarming. Wyndham was kind of hovering there, but it did not take long for it to well, be one, two, three. James won the heat. Be yeah. the heat. Yep. And then and then was leading the main event and went down to the whoops there. So like the yep. speed, all this was justified. Oh yeah, like, it was all justified. And, and 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 then when when Ricky, you know, and and I, by the way, I never liked that yellow helmet combination he wore with the was Suzuki. I, yeah. I don't think it ever gave him much luck. I think that's the truth. That's the helmet he threw down through the 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 semi whenever he hit the boat in Dallas or wherever. That <laughs> yeah, was. yeah, yeah. I, it, anyway, yep. Go ahead. I, I could just I just think that that I remember Ricky being so utterly pissed when I went to talk to him and I'd gotten used to saying, you know, just, you know, it was a foregone conclusion, especially outdoors that Ricky was going to win. I mean, it, that race is in the middle of a three year unbeaten streak in outdoor mm-hmm. motocross for Ricky, which is just astonishing. He wasn't used to it. And, and, and he, that was the second race in a row where he kind of gave the win away and, and Chad plays it cool afterwards, but you know he's happy. And James plays it cool, but you know he's a little bummed. Mm-hmm. Ricky just doesn't play it cool at all. Ricky's just <laughs> pissed. And it's like, well, and I said, you know, you, 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 you can't lose the championship today. I mean, you can't win the championship today, but you could certainly lose it, you know, and mm-hmm. trying to you know, be cute. And he's like, no, nah, I, I blew it. I, I lost this. And, you know, he was he was already, you know, at that point in his career, he already had his exit strategy in mind. He knew what he was going to do, when he was going to do it, and he wanted all the wins he could get. He knew he was never going to get McGrath 72, and he didn't care, but I know he wanted to be second, and he wanted to move that thing so far away from Stewart, and, you know, of course, Reed, and no one saw Villapoto coming at that point, mm-hmm. but, but but Ricky took that win really hard, and, and uh he, he he laid down the wood after that because you know he he um, he he had an amazing ability to take a second when a second was all it gave him, but he would build on it. Whereas another guy who got second would be like, ah, I got a, got away lucky there, you know. Uh- I remember I was on Yamaha this night with Red Dog and uh, Chad won, obviously. And I do remember the hype and everything else. And I do remember Chad and sort of the team Reed being a little bit like, what about us? Like, what about us? And that win being pretty satisfying, mm-hmm. like, like pretty like, hey, we got this thing done. Like everyone was talking about these two guys and we got it done. So that I find that I definitely remember that vibe. Like, oh, yeah, don't forget about Chad Reed. You know what I mean? Which, of course, nobody did. But when you're. That way, the, the slightest little thing gets you going. You know? And we had spent 10 years here in this country yeah, never thinking that by the time Ricky and James finally faced off that there, uh, some other guy would materialize yep. that yep. we had never heard of 10 yep. years earlier. Yep. That was just as good. That could yeah. beat them. Uh, I also – oh, go, yeah, ahead, go yeah. ahead, Debbie. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, and then, and then there's you know the fact that at that moment, Chad Reed is the defending series champion. Yeah, and yep. and and is, has been lost in the shuffle of of uh, you know the the Ricky and and James thing, and I, I always wondered if if he would have felt different. I know this is hindsight being twenty twenty. If he'd actually showed up in two thousand five and worn number one, mm-hmm. because yeah. he it just it just didn't seem like he was the champion because 
you know, Ricky was, you know, already sort of the, the heir apparent mm-hmm. to, to Jeremy and, and everyone knew Bubba was coming. And it, it, I, I just feel like that might've been something to confuse everyone and, and, and maybe motivate Chad a little bit, but I, I would, I've, I've made a career out of not, second guessing chad reed so i won't do it now. <laughs> yeah i remember yamaha was really upset he wouldn't run the one. Oh, he, really oh, we had mock-ups done and we tested and we had photos and we had one on the test bike one time and chad was like get that off really yeah yeah yeah. he did and, I, and i'm just like number one's badass dude like yeah, well, what yeah. are you thinking but yeah that and, was yeah. and in hindsight he's 22 and he'll be 22 forever yeah. and, and it'd be a long time before we look at a the the deuce deuce and 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 think of anyone other than chad but you got to remember and steve i know you remember this at the time chad and david villeman and timmy as part of yamaha's corporate identity they were only allowed to wear blue and white yeah that was it yeah black boots blue and white and so it was hard to put one of those guys on the cover of a magazine because it just never popped right and they started to notice it and before the the 2005 season yamaha invited me out to catella avenue to uh sit down and do a media thing with those guys and and i and you can ask timmy I mean, we were talking about it and and, and villeman's like why do we not to get the covers it's because i'm french <laughs> you know, and Reed, and Reed is like yeah why don't we you know we don't get enough covers and i, I said it's it, you all three look exactly the like out like yeah, out there. Yeah. You're, you're number 22, 12, and 15, and uh, you wear blue and white, and, and you, you there's only so many covers to go around and so many wins, and we'll give it to the guy that gets all the wins, and that was Chad. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but, but even then, it was hard because you know, they, it was just such a static look. And yeah. That's changed, and, and gear has changed, but I remember – both Chad and David thinking it was because they were foreigners. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, another thing that we're making note of in this in this Lee at Reraceables is the the the, the way James is as a one twenty five guy and as an early two fifty rider and how happy he is and outgoing he is and his personality yeah. that he yeah. shows, Davey. And he he makes a couple of jokes to you and 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 then the way he is at the end, he's not happy. He's not great with interviews. He doesn't talk a lot. He. He almost along the way the the pressure the the media the failures the six whatever it is the maybe he got burned by people you know there it, he changes as a human a little bit uh, from that James Stewart to what we saw when he left and, and hopefully he comes back now you know but I I definitely noticed that like he's smiling right remember those early years like very good guy oh, to I, talk to yeah I do he was the most bubbly. Uh, outgoing kid, you know, I, I, I stumbled onto a photo from the Minios in 1991 or maybe 92. Um, and he was singing karaoke. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, he was, he was very outgoing and, you know, James was a pleasure to work with early in his career, mm-hmm. but I think that, that a couple things started to really gnaw at him. Uh, the, the idea that, 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 um, it was not going to be as easy as, as it may have seemed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as he started to push it, the injuries started to happen and they started to mount. And, you know, in our sport, everyone always plays it really close to the vest when they get hurt. You know, there is no injury report like there is for the NFL or whatever. And, and a guy is hiding something. And I think that uh, that may in turn affect the way they interact with other people. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, it, he just sort of closed his own ranks yeah, yeah. over the years. And, and also 
because of all that attention, I, I think that that that, that kind of built up uh, a little of a, of a wall around him. Do you remember the 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 cornerback for LSU? They used to call the Honey Badger. Yeah, Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, Tyrone Matthew. He was amazing, and 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 he still is. But there came a point where he got to be so popular over his nickname and some of the you know sophomore things he would do that that he just said, you know what, I got I'm going to grow up. I'm just not going to be that guy anymore. He said, quit calling me Honey Badger and sort of changed everything up. And I think that there was a palpable moment like that with James when he went from Bubblicious right. to 59 to number seven. And then, you know, he started switching teams. And each time he'd switch teams, there'd be sort of a not a loyalty test, but a new group of people to be around. And he had been ensconced in Team Green and Fox Racing for so long that. I don't think he developed that sort of um, politicians or professional skill that that uh, a motorsports racer needs. Sometimes you got to wine and dine sponsors, media and fans. And James just was never quite as comfortable with that, nor was Chad as someone like Jeremy McGrath was. Yeah, Chad got really good at it later but when you see chad yes. interviews here at 23 years old yeah. and 33 year old chad yeah yeah chad would make fun of the exact thing oh, he makes listen, fun of he hey, was the same there was tension on our team with chad back then he got a lot of money and a lot of success really quick mm-hmm. and some people were not fans of the way he was and i'll be honest he treated some people at yamaha on the race team like a dick and so you know we we loved him because he won for the team and we got free pizza on mondays from mccarty <laughs> when he won which was awesome <laughs> but the way he acted and he and he corrected himself a few years later, but and I don't blame him because he was young and it, yeah, he, the way he acted around this time yeah was to me like a, a perfect VH1 behind the music type of type of stuff <laughs> like like just all the too much too soon like rock star rock star rock stuff. star yeah yeah, 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 yeah exactly so, but uh, yeah it was funny um, and you, Steve you did a podcast um, with Beaker who was uh, about last year you did a podcast with Beaker who had become the gear guy for James because Scott Taylor was the gear yeah. guy for Ricky. Yep. And one of the things he pointed out, and he couldn't have nailed it better, by the time Chad and James got there, Ricky had already been through the rough times of being booed and all that. Yeah. And they had really refined his interaction, his interaction with the fans and the sponsors and the people in the press. He and Scott Taylor had it down so well that he made Chad and especially James look so bad in comparison. Right, and right, Beaker right, said, right. we were... We were just thinking about winning races. We didn't know about playing the game like right. that. And it, to me, the the worse James looked, the more he recoiled. And probably Chad, to a degree, because yeah. Ricky was putting circles around them in the eyes of the fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that rubs right, off on the right, guys. Right, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and Davey, you would have been in that, in that crew too, right? I'm sure Scott was letting you know ahead of time of stuff and what they were thinking, or Ricky was himself. And I'm not saying you were doing it uh, on purpose or anything, but you just had you know, a little bit of an inside there. And, and where, where Beaker was saying, like, we didn't talk to anybody. We didn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> James and him, like, they didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 and again, um, you know, the consistency of Carmichael, you know, he, yeah, he did learn as he went. But you have to remember, he'd only really gotten hurt once. Yeah. And, and he never had to sort of go off on his own and rebuild himself and reshape himself and, 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 and struggle. Um, I know he had, you know, irritable bowel syndrome at the end and lots of pressure here and there, but, you know, he just, he just managed to be able to show up at every race with confidence. And, and whenever that began to wane at times for either Chad or, or James, uh, it, it, it showed in the way they, they, they 
interacted with mm-hmm. others. Yeah. And, 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 um, you know, it, and, you know, this is obviously, you know, a dozen years before, you know, quote unquote, fake news becomes a thing. And, and it's easy to just make the media out to be your boogeyman or your straw man when, when you need, you know, a, a, a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but motocross media was a little different back then. There, there, there were, uh, there was more magazines and some of them were more uh, unforgiving than others. And, uh, you know, I always thought of us as an enthusiastic publication. You know, we're, we're, we're telling people the cool parts about motocross and spreading the word. And, uh, you know, so, so I, I, no, they never kind of came off to me as as hiding anything. But yes, to your yeah. point, Scott Taylor was incredibly proactive at, at sort of changing the narrative before you even knew what the narrative was. Oh, I remember uh, that Toronto race, which would have been, I think, leading into 06. So this is like eight months after this race. James beats Ricky straight up, I think, when they first were on four strokes. And we're like, man, well, James is coming. We know James is good. And then Scott Taylor emails us a couple pictures. He's like, notice that Ricky's got a heart rate monitor on. It's only December. He's still in preseason training mode. Don't read into these Toronto races too much. It was little things like that. He wasn't wrong factually. That was probably correct. But James's crew wasn't doing that. If James had a bad ankle and he got beat, they didn't tell us. So Ricky always had uh, the out. Uh, because they were good at work in the media, which is what all these guys should do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's it's part of the game. Yeah. Another another thing that James Trent said it too. I remember from being on Emma at the time was so, Davey, you'll remember this. If you were not in the top twenty in points, you didn't ride to practice until you got into the top twenty. And and James, the next week after this race was Dallas. He won. That was his first run win. They he went out there in the unseated practice because he had missed so much time. No way. He was so much faster than those guys. You, you got one week exemption. So Orlando, he got into the seat of practice. They give you a week. Then the next week, he didn't make the top 20 because he got third or second, I should say. They put him in Dallas, <laughs> and he's almost killing guys. He's going yeah. Mach 5. And so they said, James, you're going to be in the seat of practice. And we threw a fit. Yamaha really? threw a, oh, Yamaha threw a fit because Timmy had not been allowed for Timmy earlier. Like, they, they, Timmy had an injury, and they were like, nope, oh, you are, you are okay. never going to go unseated until you're top 20 in points. For James, they made an exception, and we lost our minds at Yamaha. But <laughs> watching the practice, I mean, he was almost killing guys. He was going so much <laughs> faster than these guys. He was rear-ending them in the whoops, you know what I mean? Like, like, like it was a safety thing. It really was. So, James, it, trend-setting. It, <laughs> absolutely, in Supercross, it was. And, and, yeah. and, and, uh, and I remember when it sort of – transition from factory pack or from top 20 practice to factory to factory practice. practice. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's because, you know, the, you might have someone coming and going to whether it was Timmy or James, but my real question about Orlando, um, Oh five though, is where was Jason Thomas in the end? Oh, that's a category we have yes. in this podcast. Yeah. What, where is Jason? Solid I, night for JT. I, 11th, I 11th believe. place. 11th place. Yeah. Yes. Very, very solid. And also remember Davey, uh, you were probably down there then. Uh, Chad's bike had an issue on the starting line. And, and yes, yes, yeah, and and yeah. I was part of that too. We you see a young Steve Mathis pressed into service yes, along with I, I the rookie. Ju- I jumped <laughs> yeah. in. I jumped in there, rookie and I, and then we figured it out. It was a base cylinder nut that came loose, and uh, so it was sucking air. So then, once it does that, you don't know if the gasket is no longer good, right? Because you, you, you've broken the seal. But we had no time for that. We just had to tighten it and, and put it back on and hope it was good. Wow, and, and it was so. Wow. Uh, 
All right, Davey. Um, that's, uh, that's all we got for Orlando 05, man. Uh, thanks for your time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, really enjoy having you on. And, and it's funny to, to look, look back at that and, uh, and look at that, that era. Yeah, I, 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 I miss it, but I don't miss it. And, and it's, <laughs> it's nice to, it's nice to watch his old races and, and, and think, Wow, this must have been before they started cleaning up the tariffs from last year out of the dirt. Yeah, we made we made mention of that. We made mention of that garbage everywhere. Yeah, just what so the heck, yeah, so yeah. funny. Uh, Liat re-raceables with Davy Coombs, two thousand five Orlando. That's funny. Davy's always awesome. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, he's he's a hell of an interview. Still in the trenches, you know, at that time. So you know, a front row seat. You know, I was lucky. I was kind of ahead of the curve there that I ended up getting that webcast job yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. I w- didn't have the front row seat to Ricky and James through the ranks like he did and these other people in the industry. I just can't explain enough. Like, again, we are not saying to Eli Tomac, what are you going to do about Sexton? Yeah. yeah. Only Stu yeah. <laughs> and Ricky had that thing where it's like, we know they will eventually be the best guys. Yeah. It's inevitable. And tonight, for the first time, we're seeing it, except... As Davey said, no one knew that there's a third guy who we'd never heard of on the other side of the world would be in this. This third guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chad. Chad right. Yes. Like no yes, one knew yeah. the plot would get thicker, right. that there would actually be another human yep. that existed that could battle these two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Chad gets lost a little bit because he wins the title when Ricky's out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's all like, oh, you only won because of Ricky. Mm-hmm. And then... We're skipping over the defending champion to talk about this uh, Kawasaki kid yeah. coming up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and so the main event goes a little anticlimactic as far as so Stu's out front. Yep. Looking good. Riding, Riding like an animal, though. He's a little on the edge. Yeah. He's a little on the <laughs> edge. Uh, the let's edge. just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, he goes down in the whoops. Yeah. And uh, pretty good crash. Yeah, pretty good. It was? Yeah. Yep. Um, so he gets up. He's limping a little bit. Uh, Ricky had already crashed. Ricky oh, yeah. Crashed. Ricky. I thought Ricky crashed right after. But no, yeah. Ricky went yep. down. Um, in second. In, yep. Out of a, out of a like a right-hander. He, yeah. He goes down. He loses yep. the front end. Yep. Uh, and so he goes down. And then the 22 is riding a flawless race. And he's right there. It's kind of what Chad Reed does. Yeah. And to me, that is so Chad Reed. You've got these guys who have been hyped up their whole lives. And it happens to ironically take place in Florida, where they're both from. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, we finally got it. Yeah. Ricky versus Bubba, and Chad Reed wins the race. Yeah. Yeah, and really rather uneventfully, he just takes off. You yeah, know? they um, fell, and he didn't. James yeah. gets up to get second. Ricky gets third. Um, Is that the way around? Yeah. Is that the way around? Yeah. Oh, okay. I got it right in front of me. Yeah. Oh, Carmichael gets st- second. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. RC gets second. Stu Stu's gets crash second. was worse. Stu's crash was worse. Yeah. Uh, Ricky gets up, and... Uh, yeah, like it was one of those races where the hype was huge and you could see it co- like you were if you were a fan, you were like, OK, this is going to be amazing. But this race itself mm. wasn't amazing. No. You know what? You know what was better, Orlando? Oh, seven Orlando. Oh, yeah. They battled. was a better race. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so I honestly think that it took a little while for them to learn how to race each other. And then eventually by like oh six oh seven. Carmichael Stu, like they knew each other's moves. They could, it was like, it was good offense, good defense. That's when the good battles came. I feel like in 05, they had no clue how to even race each other. Uh, and it wasn't until a year or two that we had a lot of battles where yeah. then it became like ballet. Yeah. Like that 07 well, Orlando one is spectacular it, it, for 20 And miles. we probably will do a, a, yeah. on Lee at Reraceable yeah. yep. that one. Yep. It was amazing. That was Ricky's last Supercross race. Yeah, and he still of, almost of, won. Yeah. Um, speaking of Ricky. Mm. I'm good with them now. I'm glad you are just in time to do these shows. <laughs> we actually texted him and, and said, will you, will you come on? And, and he said he would. And it's amazing. And he's like excited about it. Yeah. I, yeah. So yeah. 
Believe it or not, Steve Mathis talked to Ricky Carmichael along with Jason Wygant, and we talked to Ricky Carmichael about this race, uh, Orlando 05. So here's what RC had to remember about that night. And on the Lee at Reraceables podcast, we're uh, pleased and proud to have on to talk about Orlando 05, a man who was central to the race and central to the storyline. Ricky Carmichael, what's up, RC? How are you? Hey, I'm I'm good. Uh, just trying to live our best life here in, in H Town. It's, it's yeah. I, I, I got a newfound respect for this place. Uh, I've enjoyed my time here so far. Yeah, that's kind of the way it worked, even with Salt Lake City, right? Like we all we're just in and out. We never really experienced it in the city, so it's a nice little side effect that we got to actually learn these places for the first time in our lives. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's good. Yeah, it's good. I can't. Hey, we could be doing worse things. That's right. Right. Dirt bike. It's dirt bike week. So yeah. we first off we. We, this is a great race. It's, uh, it's the hype was high. I was working at Yamaha at the time. Uh, by the way, I remember, Ricky, you were upset because we were working on Chad's bike before the main event, and Suzuki and everyone was saying, that's too much time, that's too much time. Do, do you remember that? Uh, I don't remember that. I remember it at that point, I was, well, I was struggling on that track. I mm. just, I, 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 the thing that I can remember it was a lot of beers ago, so you got to bear with it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, we get it. We get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyhow, uh, I don't remember you guys working on his bike, but yeah, if I, if we thought you guys were yeah, taking yeah, yeah. too much time, that was going to be towards our benefit. Oh, for sure. No, absolutely. Uh, what happened? What uh, was wrong? Wow. Rookie, his mechanic, the cylinder base nut came loose, and so it was sucking air. But it was the cylinder base nut behind the power valve cover, so we had to take the exhaust pipe off and fix it on the line. And and, and Suzuki and everyone was like, hey, you got to hurry up. And we're like, listen, we're fine. We're fine. Leave us alone. So. <laughs> Give us all the time we want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did the parade lap, Chad, and yeah. then pulls in, and then they start working on the bike, and it's like, well, he did the parade lap. But yeah. I guess it was running badly already. Yeah. 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 Uh, so when does when does the two minute rule actually come into effect? We watched the TV show and Davey's the pit reporter and he said that they had the two minute rule and then they no longer have it at this point. Yeah. So I guess there was a no minute rule. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Just take as long as you need. Hey, do, you so. remember, do you remember Big Bird was changing a whole motor one year and we had to wait no, for? Hey, that, do you guys were uh, were you were you, Steve were you mechanic were you a mechanic when Wyndham's bike blew up? at um yeah hangtown Hangtown. yes yes i I remember this so so we're we're on the line okay that that would have been 97 yeah that was 97 97. do we go go, and i don't want to get off the beat path we'll talk about 2005 but same situation (laughs) i don't know his bike like seized on the hot lap and so they ran back changed the engine we're on the line kenny watson's working for deegan at the time and he's yelling and screaming at duke finch he's like this is this is bs man if this was us we'd be at the box man eating hot dogs now <laughs> race. let's start the race but anyhow yeah so. um we found it we found it humorous that so you're the multi-time champion in supercross chad chad won that was the title year before and this is Bubba's first race back. And they go to Bubba before the race. And he talks about how he's happy to be back and all this. And they ask you and Chad just about how you're going to deal with James. And it's his first race, really. Just, he's never raced against you. That's like saying, like, hey, Eli Tomac, how are you going to deal with Sexton, you know, last week? Like, yeah. like, like, like it's just bizarre. And I, don't, and, I, and I wonder if you were like, screw this guy. Like, what are you guys talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, a little bit of that. 
Yeah, I think what um, I think what I was most concerned about, honestly, because I I, I had built a pretty decent points gap early on mm-hmm. that season, um, and I was just in conservative mode at that time. The pendulum had definitely swung. Chad had the momentum going. He beat me the week before at Daytona, and um, yeah, I just I I, I I had went into conservation mode. Not that I didn't want to freaking win. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong by any stretch, but and I wasn't feeling that well on the track i just dude i was just i sucked that night straight up i no no excuses so i'm like okay how the hell am i gonna get out of here try to beat chad you know so i really wasn't worried about james uh for that and then how i was gonna approach it that i think you know that's probably where my mind was is like okay as long so long as chad doesn't win and james gets second and I get third, I don't, I don't care. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, I admire then your ability to focus because I'm sure you knew that the entire motocross world had waited 10, 12 years to finally see Ricky versus Bubba. Ricky versus Bubba. Here it comes. Here it yeah. comes. So yeah. you were willing to almost swallow your pride a little bit and just think about points because everyone was going to judge harshly depending on what happened in this one race. And you're looking at a whole series. Yeah, I mean that, that. I mean that's that's kind of was really my mo. My my whole my whole career is you know sometimes you got to give up the wins and and it's the long game, hard to do sometimes. But uh, that 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 was what it was all about for me. Of mm-hmm. course, I loved winning races, but sure. when the gate dropped, even before the gate dropped, let's be honest, just how could I position myself to get the best finish possible? If second or third was all that I had. And I'm going to get second or third, but what I what I was mainly focused on is just if I was going to lose two points or three points mm-hmm. to Chad, I didn't want someone getting in between us, and that's how I was trying to control control my destiny. I admire the focus because I have you had to have heard the talk for the previous ten years, and even just oh, going to that absolutely. season. Oh, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And I and I think it, at that point, at that point, I had realized, and I kind of got a taste of it when Pastrana was coming up. So like, okay, mm-hmm. this is right. going to come through. He's going to knock you off. And uh, I, I, I was like, now I know why freaking McGrath probably hated me so much. <laughs> he had this one little freaking redheaded freckle faced yeah. kid coming to Florida is going to knock you off and ended up, you know, taking a few years. But uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, what, whatever. It, you know, it's just, you hear about it so much. It's just like, let's just get on with it. Let the guy kick my ass or, yeah, or, or not. Or not. Or, yeah, one yeah, of the two, yeah. but let's get on the, down the road with it. You uh, uncharacteristically, you made a mistake in the heat, and he he got by you, and he won the heat, and then you lost the front in the main event, yep. and it was yep. just weird to see that from you. You make mistakes here and there, but you normally you're really good at recovering, and you're really good at saving it, and then or else you just don't make the mistakes, and you won a shit ton of races. But this night, yeah, wasn't wasn't ideal for you, you know, that way. A couple mistakes. Yeah, yeah, I was completely uncomfortable. I remember, like, that that night, and I think it was because of the dirt and how it was. It was kind of slippery in areas. I, I, I remember vaguely, like, I couldn't get the balance right of mm-hmm. the bike, you know, like, from front to back. I just, like, it was pitching me forward at times, and then other times it would feel like the back was too low, and I just, I didn't have good feel on the track, hence me washing the front end out, yep. uh, going going through that right-hander before the whoops and as you know i mean you work in uh, being a factory mechanic steve that uh, i mean i ran my stuff soft so normally front grip 
uh, I probably had a little bit more front grip than most of my competitors just because I ran a softer setting on the front. Uh, so anyhow, yeah, definitely. I, I was certainly wasn't feeling it. And that night, I was just like, man, I just need to get the hell out of here, and get some points. I don't care if Bubs wins. I don't give a damn. <laughs> you know, I've talked to you about this. Your level of like paranoia and this could be the race where it goes bad. Like I, I never saw you rest on your laurels. Like it's almost a crazy amount. And I've talked to you about this. I remember in the press conference after it, you were so mad at yourself for that fall. And I'm like, Jesus guy, like he's won all these races. Like, hey, you lost two points or whatever. Big deal. But dude, you never took it that way. I remember you being really mad at yourself for falling yeah, down. Yeah, well. Well, and, and, and t- so just so people, your, your guys' listeners, I still am that way to this day. And any, if, if I go play golf and I'm horrible at golf, okay, uh-huh. like if I break a hundred, I'm like, man, that was a good round for me. Yeah. But if I, if I go out and shoot a 115, I'm so mad at myself <laughs> and, and fired up because I know, like, if I don't perform at the level that I know what I'm capable of doing, mm-hmm. it, it just drives me absolutely nuts. A racquetball, you know, when I know that I'm be- playing a buddy and I know that I can beat him and he ends up beating me. And it's like, it's because I played lousy. It just drives me nuts. And that night, I was like, I felt like I just I had missed an opportunity and I didn't perform to the level uh, that I knew that I was capable of performing at. And I knew I wasn't going to win that night. I just, I, everything was just, right. didn't feel right. And it was, I was going to have to win on a technicality. But I was be- like, at that point in my career, guys, like I was better than making silly, stupid mistakes like that. How much did uh, – this is something I'm interested in. Obviously, down the road, you and James became huge rivals, and there wasn't really anything inter- – any interactions going on or anything else. But being from Florida, being a Fox rider, mm-hmm. did you did you hang out with James more? Did you talk to him back then? Did you know he was coming? Did you, you guys see each other once or twice a year? Anything? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. So it's, it's crazy. Like, I don't, I don't talk with James ever. I don't really – well, obviously, we don't – hardly ever see him much right hopefully we'll, we'll get that opportunity but when we were racing yeah we had a rivalry but you know the the odd man out was reedy mm. because you know because we were fox um bubs and i were fox teammates and we were both floridians i grew up around his family uh seeing him at amateur races and then we'd be at fox functions okay so yeah uh, together yeah. so yeah like we were like Dude, I would talk to James like outside of racing or oh, okay. on the line. Like yep, it was yep. the only people that we didn't really talk is like he had his I always felt like yes, we had a rivalry, but I always felt like the beef was between him and and, and Chad. Right, right, right. Straight up. Yeah. You know, so like looking back on it, it's like Chad was always the odd man out because of, of their hate, you know. But anyway. So it wasn't like when you were, you know, in the A class and he was on 85s that you guys were already mean mugging like, oh, I'm going to have to deal with this guy someday. Like you were just no. two guys. No. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Did you feel like Orlando, like a race like Orlando, uh, James lives 20 minutes away, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Chad lives close to you, not so close, but you're from Florida and you, unlike uh, Chad, you, you know, you're born and raised in Florida. Did you feel like Orlando is a home race? Uh, I did. Yeah, I did okay. just yeah. because it, just, just, I, I'd look at Orlando just like I'd look at Daytona. I yeah. mean, Daytona certainly fit my style, uh, much more than Orlando Supercross did, but yeah, I mean, you know, wherever, wherever it would have been mm-hmm. in Florida is still f- certainly going to feel like a home race. No doubt. 
Right. Yeah, watching this race back, uh, this is probably shock uh, people, but James looks <laughs> looks balls fast, but he also looked made some mistakes. Yeah, it's, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really shocking. It's really shocking. But did he, did he go down twice? I know he went down in the whoops, but did he go down twice? Oh, just the whoops. Yeah, just, just the whoops. Just the whoops. Yeah. yeah, and that was it. So okay. uh, there's a couple over the fronts where you're like, I don't know if that's on purpose or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, he's going down. No, maybe that was on purpose. I don't know. And also Robbie <laughs> Floyd and Denny Steve are calling it from the TV booth, and we were wondering if they came straight from the bar to the stadium. <laughs> we, were we they sounding a little raspy? <laughs> we just think they were really hyped. Those guys had a good time, I think, and Orlando has some spots, I'd say. So. Right, right, right. So, um, hey, one thing uh, a little broader on that race. I'm watching it back, and, um, dude, you watch these old races, and you're like, man, they go really fast these days in comparison. Uh, yeah. It wasn't just the speed. Obviously, they look really fast these days in comparison to 15 years ago. But your suspension was softer, like you said, so it didn't look as bad. But I'm looking at some of the bikes, and their suspension looks like they had, like, I don't know, just like steel rods in the forks. Seeing, watching Houston the other day and watching this 15 years, the suspension... Not just the four-stroke thing, yeah. but the bikes look so much more forgiving now. Yeah, Ernie. Ernie looks like he can't go. Ernie looks like he has two by fours and he can't hold on through the whoops. He's just bouncing <laughs> off every. I mean, he's, he's 110 pounds, but yes. still, like, and and you're, not your stuff, but yeah, and even James's stuff. They look so stiff and weird. They don't look comfy, you know. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. Like, I had this conversation with Johnny. Uh, O'Mara mm-hmm. when he was helping uh, James and mentoring him kind of like after I had retired he went on to work with, with James and kind of fill in the role with James that he did with me and that was one of the things that Johnny tried to introduce to James is like dude you've got to soften up your force and get some more <laughs> front, end, front end bite but I mean Steve you know this it's, yeah. a, it's a balance you got to find that balance and here, here was the thing for me I was always willing to lose in the whoops and I wanted to be plush in the corners. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just cut my losses in the whoops. And Hey, if I get lucky, maybe the whoops will be jumpers. And then I'll have, I'll I'll have an, I'll I'll have a real advantage. I won't have to cut my losses in the whoops because if the whoops were jumpers, I always thought that I'd be just as fast as skimming them and certainly going to be a lot less energy by doing that. So, I, uh, that, that was kind of my, my head, where my head was at and how I would set my bike up. And, um, yeah. So, so yeah, what I'm getting at here is when you watch like a race right now, Uh Uh are you like, dude, these bikes, these riders, these skills, it's unbelievable what they're doing. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's dude, it, listen, it's completely, it's completely different. The guys, what they're able to do on the bikes is why I appreciate these guys so much is Mm -hmm. it's the little, the little stuff, the nuances that maybe some people can't see. You guys certainly can because you're professionals at what you do and you've been in the industry forever. So that's what I really appreciate is it's the small little stuff that most people can't see because it's so hard to do that. And at the speeds that they're doing it and uh, yeah, yeah, the bike. So short story. um, I know there's been a, a hot topic, about the track. It's always is a hot topic about mm-hmm. the tracks so or the bikes too fast, blah, blah, blah. Well, I did the Ozex open a couple years ago and I shipped my 2005 two stroke, uh, RM two fifty over there to ride it. And dude, I remember that, that Oh five bike was 
it, it was uh, I don't know if it was as good as the the YZ, but it was a close second. Yeah. Like it, it was plenty winnable and it was a really fun bike. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It handled well. I mean, basically, the engine was a copy off the YZ. It, I was going to say that, but yes, right. It was insane. The bore, the stroke. We literally. So when I signed with with Suzuki. And like I was talking, going back and forth with Raj, and yeah, dude, we were going to copy exactly everything you guys had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And if you can't beat them, join them, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, so going back, I went when I was in Australia. I'm riding this bike, and I'm like, dude, this thing is so slow. It's a turd, <laughs> right? And I'm like, and I just kept going, like. This thing was the class of its field in 2005. So that just shows you, you know, how far technology has gone. And, right. and uh, yeah, the bikes are certainly fast. The tracks, I mean, you know, if you make easy tracks, guys are going to go faster. If you make hard tracks, I feel like guys are going to, you, you know, they're still going to be in a box. And at some point, the riders, you know, they have to make the decision. You know, there were several times where, you know, if, if Chad was really fast through the whoops and I, I wasn't willing to take that risk and I didn't want to go as fast as he was going because I, I knew that I would fall, I would fall down. Same with James. There were times I, I go back to 2007, uh, Atlanta supercross. Yeah. There's a finish line, you turn left. And then I think he was coming out of that corner. He's, uh, tripling over this tabletop and the backside of that tabletop was like basically vertical. And I said to myself, I'm like, dude, I, I, I'm not going to win this race because I'm, I am not going to take that chance. Mm -hmm. And so anyhow, so my point in that with the tracks and everything is at some point, listen, dude, there's no one out there telling these riders that you have to go this speed. You, you, they make that decision on their own. Yes, they're, they're put in that position because maybe the tracks or the bikes are fast. But, I mean, where's the balance? You know, if you make a track that's gnarlier, then what the what – I mean, guys are going to do gnarly stuff, and then they're just going to be put in a position where – they're going to have to do a gnarly jump and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and, and, talking, and, and talking about your bike setup, I can't tell you how many times we watched video in the Yamaha truck <laughs> and we're like, this guy's going to die in the whoops tonight. We got this down. You know what I mean? Like he can't get through these whoops to save his Holidays, life. days, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. He can't get, look at that. He can't ride these whoops. And then uh, you'd make it work and then you'd win. And then we'd be like, well, maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next week, because uh, I don't know what's going on with these wolves and, and this guy's bike setup. But uh, low right. and low and slow, right? Low and slow. Low, low and slow. That's right. A right. ton of rebound. Yes. Like so on my KX two fifty in two thousand one. Literally, I mean, you push on the rear end, and it would it wouldn't even really return. <laughs> I ran like a I ran like a hundred and twenty sag, the longest. Oh pool Jesus! Ride. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it was, um, it was. Well, this was a cool race. I was Weege was Weege. You said you were you were just a fan back then. No, no, I was. Oh, you're at that point. But yeah, you, you I was were so Jim Holly and I. You were so stoked. Yeah, that was the thing. I, I think what you misinterpreted is I was the announcer with Jim Holly in the webcast, but I felt like a fan. Right. Uh, and were, Robbie Floyd says it as a TV guy. He's like the hairs are standing up in the back of my neck. Yeah. yeah. Finally seeing these guys this, race. This uh, was, was a huge crazy. deal. Yeah, this was yeah. a huge deal. This yep. race. So cool. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for some time on it, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Guys, yeah, guys. Yeah. Glad glad to talk shop and uh that was a 
That was a good one. I just the thing that stands out to me is this, it was a wild night. Chad was riding the most consistent. James was was you know extremely fast. He hit the deck. I hit the deck, and I just remember like, dude, I just want to get the hell out. Of here. <laughs> I felt like crap on my bike. I couldn't get the balance right. Yep. And just like, man, let's just you know limit the damage and get out of here with as many points as possible. Do you believe this guy won 150 races in the first time we call him one of these? It's one of the one of the losses. I know, right? I know. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll call you again during one your dominant wins we'll find here. a win for there you maybe, go. The, maybe there's got to be one out it. there somewhere we'll look, we'll, we'll look really hard but we'll find a race that you won yeah, yeah so. anytime you guys call me i love i love talking about it. it'd be great right, right on thanks ricky all, all right, right man. guys see you man thanks yep, for later. having me that good stuff from ricky uh thank you for ricky carmichael for coming on the lee at re-raceables he uh yeah he didn't like didn't seem to hold, remember a whole lot of it you know but he remembered the vibe he remembered the, you know, what it was like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he and I'm I'm impressed with a couple things. First, his focus of he more than anyone knew the hype. Yeah, but he really was trying to stay in the championship moment and not even worry about that. Yeah. Um, and then he was pissed. Uh, yeah, he was super angry yeah. over the crash. I remember being super angry. Like I hosted the press conferences back then, and him just saying over and over, like, "You'd think I would be smarter and know that you can't." Cr-. I'm thinking, like, guys crash, dude. Yeah, like, bro, it crash. happens. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, um, uh, but staying in that focus and not like my goal is not to show the world I'm faster than James. My goal is to just get more points on yeah, Chad yeah. Uh, was pretty impressive. And uh, also this is why it's cool to do these. Now you wouldn't have gotten this response. Like he said, I didn't even feel comfortable on the track. I, yeah, I wasn't yeah, going to have I it. Anything d- yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't going to say that back then. No, no, hell no, 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 no for no. sure. Um, yeah, it was good, good stuff. And also I was surprised like he had said, me and Bubs talked a lot. We saw each other yeah. at functions. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I always thought there was this rivalry, and it did. There was later for sure. But well, they were the four fifty top yes, dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at this point, you know, at this point, Ricky is one of the most competitive people I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And, and I've mm-hmm. got firsthand stories when I went to his house. You know what I mean? I saw this stuff when, when we went one time. Um, one so, time. One time. That probably sums it up, right? Yeah. But but I assumed. That even back then, Ricky was like, I'm not talking to this guy at all. Like, everyone, he's next. He's next. Exactly. Screw that. I think he was like that with Travis. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. He made mentions of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, good stuff from RC. And, and, I mean, you know, James gets third, goes down, but you can see that this is going to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, that that speed that, that, again, very few people, if anyone have ever had, is there. I do remember at Loretta's, Fox was the huge, huge gear sponsor of Loretta's at the time. Now they're one of the sponsors, but it was all their event. And they would bring Ricky and James there, and it was like everyone was, like, studying the body language. Like, do they like each other? Do they hate each other? Is this fake? And they got along really well, and they would do some – Fox would have them do a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. And the, the legendary beer tent, I won't even get into that, but yeah. I did see them hanging out yeah. and like having a good time together. Right, right, right. But it was like you were studying for like a crack. Yeah. Like when is it going to turn? So I, I guess at this point, it was actually better than I thought. Maybe yeah. that was all in no, our head. me too. I, I thought there'd be more, yeah, more going on between these two guys as far as the hate. But yeah, but, uh, yeah it, was, uh, it was a great race. And I think the, the people got what they want. Stu won a heat. Stu led. You got to Chad, see them race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to see them race. And Anaheim 05 was just a disaster. So, you know, this was it. I cannot sum up enough the weirdness of the timing that somehow these two guys had never been on the same starting gate at any point. Like almost any rotters, like you're close enough in age usually where you yeah, raced somewhere. Something. Yeah. And it never right. happened. I, if you do anything, go back and watch this race to listen to Robbie Floyd and Denny before the main event. They are jacked. Good. 
They are jacked on this on this race. So. Now you mentioned that Chad Reed was a little bit lost in the shuffle. Yeah, uh, and I th- you were talking about it with our guest here with like Davey, like. It, it, was there a little bit of I showed you like because he always yeah. felt left out? No, there was. There was for yeah. sure. Uh, he was. I remember. I don't remember the specifics or anything else, yeah. but it was very satisfying for his mechanic, the rookie back then, a buddy of mine. And it was very satisfying for the team to, to win this race. Yeah. Because no one was really looking at Chad. Right. No, no. one was talking about Chad. No. He wasn't totally happy with his bike this year. That aluminum frame, you know, wasn't what he wanted. Yeah. And uh, and honestly, at this point in the at this point on Yamaha, him and I are not speaking. Oh, <laughs> we are not speaking, but I, I, I'm still happy to see the team win. And you're and still working on the base nut. Yeah. On the yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a team thing, but um, not even we are getting pizza when he wins. So I'm oh, probably cheering okay. for that. You know what All I mean? Right. Yeah. So, um, so you'd have pizza back in California. Yeah. Pizza on Monday, but uh, not speaking. But not speaking. Probably at this point, though, were you hanging out at Timmy's house or Chad's house? Or how would that have worked Or at Orlando time of year, Daytona time of year? Like, how would that have worked? Because I think this race was right after Daytona. Did you guys do that? We did it. I don't think we did it in 05. But we did really? in 04 or 03. Yeah. We were there for 10 days. We did the whole thing at yeah. Timmy's house. And again, that, that caused problems because Chad uh, revved the shit out of his bike in Timmy's garage. Yeah. It locked. It went into gear, which was a problem we were having with our transmissions. <laughs> and it went, yeah, and left a huge rubber mark on the inside of Timmy's speckle floor, oh, epoxy yeah. garage floor. And Timmy was already not happy with Chad. And Chad was like, look, it's not my fault. The bike jumped into gear. But Timmy's like, why are you revving it at 9,000 RPM in a closed garage? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get it. It's not your fault. But why are you doing yeah. that? So, yeah. oh, we had a garage gate. And then we had different, yeah, the, the hat gate, garage gate, <laughs> Bud's Creek. Well, they wanted to fight each other. And no Timmy three. rode better than ever. Timmy rode better than ever. So, yeah, it was... But for the most part, there were times when you had Orlando and Daytona, and you would just go back to California. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we, I think '03 and '04, we stayed back, and '05, I don't believe we did. Our last year, we Jesus. did not. Yeah, I don't think wow. we did. We know what we ended up doing. And I've told this story a few times. Is you would go and test and test for Daytona, and you yeah, would, you yeah, would, yeah. Bomber would build different obstacles yeah. and you know and then you would go to daytona you would all end up back on your settings <laughs> like you would just the riders would be like i'm freaked out yeah and you go back to your supercross settings with a little stiffer com- uh clicks oh yeah that's yeah. it yeah so, so it, there's it, no reason for this it always ended up not even working like you're just sitting there going this is not even gonna work these guys are gonna think freak out as soon as they hit daytona you know what i mean so because daytona stuff is still stiff enough with the transitions and all and back then yeah, yeah so anyways um 125 race though Wait, a 125 so, race. This season was an amazing it, battle. It was pretty good. So 125 race, and I forgot about this. You reminded me. Uh, Millsaps and Hanny, or Langston and Hanny, tied for the title. Yeah, yeah. I tied. forgot they tied. Langston got it on a tiebreaker. Uh, on a tiebreaker with wins with wins. Yeah. And I would argue that Millsaps was actually the fastest of the three. That's how close and competitive it yeah. was that year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hanny won Daytona. Right. He was coming off a Daytona win. Yeah. Um, this was Hanson. This is Hanson. Uh, World Bowl KTM making so much money and making so many bad decisions. Mm, yeah. With that money. Yeah, with yeah. that money. Back yeah, then. wasn't it a million dollars over a course of Yeah, three-year deal, million dollars. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I, I do want to add that. We often talk about this era, the tension, the hype, and all that. And we have numbers on our side. Because, by the way, the money, 05, the money was getting out of Yeah, hand. rolling All in. around. Yep, yep. I mean, I get, like, 
Has a guy like Tomac gotten to the point where he's making what Carmichael made 15 I, years ago? I don't think so. I don't We're believe still so. not I, there. I don't believe so. I don't know, but I don't think so. No. I mean, we always heard yeah. these numbers yeah. like $4 million yeah, base. Rick, I, Ricky was, Suzuki years, Ricky was $4 million, I heard. Because yeah. it rolled all his bonuses into one. And it's basically right. like, if you want everything at Honda, you're going to make $4 million, While Suzuki's like, hey. We'll just give you the four. Let's give you $4 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, he didn't have bonuses on top of the four, but four is a lot of money. Yeah. 15 yeah. years and ago. And you're getting a million from Fox. You know, yeah. and whatever. Goggle. And, and you know everything else so, so it trickled down not only were those guys making more money but these lights whatever were JG, huge money oh my god josh grant yes. massive money huge money yeah i heard josh grant was one point was uh seven hundred thousand dollars a year uh, as a hell. lights rider no one is making that now no no, hell, no 15 no. years later yeah. no one is making that money so hanny uh Millsaps wins yeah and uh looks good doing it uh, yep. He's got the donut on his helmet. Mm. Uh, GL second, Hanson third. And those guys are pretty much a class of this 125 class. Yeah, and uh, this is the odd year. This is the first year of the Suzuki and uh, Cowie. Cowie four-stroke. It's the same bike, but yep. not because one has pro circuit and one does not. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it uh, is weird because we always think of Mitch Payton having this massive head start and beating everyone to the punch with the 250F. But the first two years of it, he was doing it on this bike that is notoriously... Horrible. Horrible. Yes. Do you remember the Moto World guys couldn't, they couldn't last a Moto outdoors, the oh, Moto yeah. World Suzuki guys. Mm-hmm. They just overheat or blow up or anything. Yeah. yeah. And yep. Mitch, Mitch had to make this thing work. Yeah. Uh, so Millsaps wins uh, in Orlando, which is good for him. A home, home race again. Oh, like, yeah. Ricky, like Ricky said, Orlando was still considered a home race. Even That's right. It was That's right. a little ways away. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, I forgot that these guys tied. So that, that was good. I also saw in the, uh, in this watch it re-racing, watch this re- re-raceable race. Yeah. The 125 race. One of the mechanics, and I, I forgot about these days, mm. he just walks out of the track to give the pit board yeah. to the rider. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we used to do that. We used to just walk out on the track and before the before the tough blocks and all that. Like no rules. Nobody cared. Yeah, yeah you yeah. just did it, right? Yep. And, then, and then eventually they said, you got to stay behind these tough blocks. But, right. but back then, yeah, even in 05, you're just walking out like, hey, man, here's a board. And then you walk back. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing I'm saying. And you're in the moment, everything seems really locked down and tight and professional. And then you add 10, 15, 20 years, you watch Anaheim 86 like we did on this show. Yeah. And you're like, it is loose. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, Lee at Reraceables brought to you by Maxis and Blenzol. Uh, all right. Category time? Sure. Category time? Yep. All right. Who really won this race? Uh, this is going to be a weird one. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm going to say it's actually Carmichael. Really? Yes. I know Chad won the race, and that's a massive statement. Yeah. But I think there was always this fear. We saw what Carmichael did to Jeremy McGrath. And I think there was always this fear of, what is Stewart going to do to him? And even though Carmichael ended up crashing and didn't end up doing great, it wasn't like, he's done. Yeah. There's nothing he can do to compete. Like, he stayed close to him in the main, and yeah. then Stewart ended up crashing, and Carmichael ended up finishing ahead of him. And I was like, all right, maybe his entire world isn't about to come crashing Yeah. Down. Yeah. Okay. No. The, he can race with no. the guy. Stu really won this. Race. Oh. They. He's the focus of the pre-show. Okay. Floyd and Danny are basically jerking each other off over him. He's. They're close enough to do it. Yeah, they're close enough to do it. He. he Stu wins the heat. Stu leads laps. Yeah. You know, in his first ever two fifty yeah. or second ever two fifty first dry race. Yes. Leads laps. Yeah. Uh, I don't care that he got third. He's the winner because everything was based on him. Oh, absolutely. Everything was based on everything Stu. Based on so. Stu. He, he, you know, like Adam Cincerello has hype. Yeah. Not this level. Yeah. No, Not this level. no, no, no. So I summed it up uh, like this. He's the only guy ever in his first race, basically in the top class that when he lost, it was like, 
Wow. Ah. He didn't win. <laughs> he actually didn't win. Right. Like, it, what did we think? He was going to win every race he was ever in? I think we I did. I think we did. I think we did. I think we did. Um, so I hope no one's listening to this saying, stop going off on Stu. Like, you, this is all justified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was next level. Um, yes. So, Chad, but good ride for Chad. Uh, good, props <laughs> to him. But Stu <laughs> really won this race. race. No, 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 for sure. Uh, Lit Kid Award. I will go with that Stu outfit, that green and white oh. uh, Fox stuff. Ah, it was great. It matches the Cowie perfectly. Uh, Stu's Lit Kid Award, for sure. Looks great. Uh, I actually liked um, uh, this. You're not going to expect this one, but uh, the, those no fear days, no yep. saps. Yep. I thought that looked good. Yeah. The donut's a little weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. but no fear had it going on back then. Right, right. Yeah. And also, too, this is Millsaps 188, not 118. Yeah. Couldn't run 118. The people's champ? Yeah, people's champ. Is that it was? Jamie yeah. Grosser wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't sell them? Wouldn't sell them the number. Yeah. Hey, hey, Talon Volan is supposed to be 711. Or sorry, <laughs> Talon Volan was 711. Max was supposed to take his dad's number and uh, couldn't get it. Couldn't Somebody get it, else has yeah. it. Uh, so that's a Lit Kid Award. Uh, who's that guy award? You've got you got someone that I can't really endorse, but I get it. But I, I, I'm fine with did it. Did I but, have one? I don't remember. Yeah, I you did. Uh, my guy, who's that guy award? I got to go back to the 125 class mm. and say Sean Clark from Indiana. He got 16th. Yeah. And I don't know anything about Sean Clark. Oh, really? I, I guarantee you if I brought JT in here, he would know. But I don't know. Randy anybody. Cross. Oh, Sean Clark was really good in arena cross, uh, and in the uh, very well spoken. Actually, he was coming to races as an understudy to uh, Chappie, and I think really? even Jake Veneta. Yeah, excellent with his podiums in arena cross. This is when energy drinks were first coming around. Yeah, and he had some endorsement from something, and I just remember he did the best job of anyone with the can, which is now commonplace. Yes, and I was like, this kid is well spoken. If he's fast and he's good and he makes it, he's going to be something in Supercross. This is probably his peak. Yeah. Ish. I don't, I know the name, but I yeah. do not know one thing he about was really Sean well Clark. Spoken. And then he came back, uh, I don't know, this is probably eight or 10 years ago. I remember him doing the uh, preacher service at the beginning of the day in the races. And I was like, he found his calling, not just the God thing, but like, he's so well-spoken. Yeah. Okay. He's going to really go. And yeah. I remember asking him like, Hey, I remember you from arena cross. I always figured public speaking would be your thing. And he's like, nah, I don't want to travel every weekend. So I'm only just here to help out. Wow. And I haven't seen him in a while. And you haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Well, good but job. Really, really good guy. Yeah. yeah good job, Sean Clark. Good job for Sean Clark to uh, to do it. And so you're, who's that guy? Do you I remember? One? Who was do you remember? It? Damien Plotz. Oh, Plotz. Uh, again, I did not think that Plotz was this good uh, at Soupy. I certainly remember Plotz outdoors. I actually remember Plotz even racing at my local track, which was mm-hmm. uh, English Town, yeah. Raceway Park in New yeah. Jersey. But uh, Plotz better at Soupy than I was giving him credit for. Yeah. Yeah. Not a Soupy specialist when you think about Damien no. Plotz, for sure. There's um, one guy in a main I've never heard of, Thomas Barron. Uh, well, last. Tom Barron, Michigan. See, I'm you know Kelly this. Smith and Nick Way guy. So, uh, okay. Tom Barron. Yeah. Tom I know t- Barron. Don't Tom Barron. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tom Barron. So, uh, yep. I have a cool last name too, T- Barron. Yeah. Uh, where's JT category? JT's 11th. Dude, solid. JT's 11th. It's a prime he's, JT. He, you look at it, he's top privateer. Yeah, he he's beats top Damon privateer. Right. Straight up. Be- and, beats and, beats and, Damon and, Huffman. And Jumpin' Joe, Olaf, and, and Evans, and, and, and Preston was a factory guy. So, yeah, good job, JT, 11th. We need to do maybe a better job. Like, uh, we give JT a lot of grief for everything. Mm-hmm. You certainly do. Yeah. But, I mean, 11th place in the Premier Class of Supercross ain't no joke. No. That's yes. no joke. No, it's not. But please don't tell him that. Uh, now, he finished behind uh, Timmy. Yeah, he did. I mean, Timmy wouldn't even have... Timmy doesn't even know this, right? 
No, no chance. No, 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 no. no chance. Uh, he never thought of JT as a threat, right? No, no. no. Okay. But no, no, the famous story is in yeah. Seattle. Yeah. 05, JT yeah. was giving Timmy all he wanted. <laughs> it was a little muddy and sloppy, and JT okay. was all over Timmy, giving him all he wanted, and Timmy was thinking about, JT's on me. I need to quit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And how much money do I have? He said he was thinking in the air. In the like, race. In the race. Do I have enough money if I quit now to never work again? Like, do I need this money? Because when, <laughs> when JT, JT's getting you. If JT's all over him, he was that upset. Yes. <laughs> it's time to retire. Yes, yes. But for this race, I again, I do not remember... I don't remember Timmy's 10th and I don't remember JT and Timmy battling. I don't, maybe they did. I don't know. JT would have a better memory, but anyways, yeah. where's JT category? 11th, 11th place. Good job on Solid. that. Yep. Uh, the Jacob Marsak award is for the, uh, uh, the guy that did the best that no one remembers or no one talks about. There's not a lot of, uh, well, content. I'm going to go with Tyler Evans. Just, just okay, straight but, up passing oh, for the heat, race. the heat race. Yeah. I, okay. I had no idea. Right. Again, I knew he was good, but that's another level of good. Right. Like, I think in point, let's see the points this year. Um, I believe Tortelli gets like, Something ridiculously good, better than you think in the standings. I think he finishes fourth or fifth or something like that. Yeah. Seventh. Well, okay. Finishes seventh in points and gets straight up passed by Tyler Evans. And where's Evans in the points? 11th. Yeah. So pretty pretty legit. He um, actually tied with Stu for 10th, as a matter of fact. Oh. Tyler Evans. Well. So you can RIP, by the way, Tyler yes. Evans. Yep. Tied with Stu. Right. Uh, my, my, my award, my Jacob Marsak award will go to a guy that's not really Jacob Marsak, but uh, Andrew Short was a lights rider. He's a 250 guy. Oh, yeah. Jumped onto a factory Honda. Yeah. Caused a huge pileup in Atlanta in a heat race. Mm. Fell over on the inside turn and stacked everybody up. And Chad <laughs> grabbed his helmet after the race and was like, you know, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so scared the shit out of Shorty that, uh, after that in the, in the tunnel. Yeah, Shorty still is probably traumatized by it. I remember Shorty saying, I, "I've talked to Shorty about this," and he said he, that became his goal to beat Chad Reed one day because of that. Because of that, to yeah. like prove yeah. to Chad yeah. that I belong here. Uh, I'll go with Shorty as Jacob Marsak Award just because he got seventh, so he beats Ernie. Ernie's a podium guy. Yeah, uh, so yeah. Ernie's way legit. Larocco's yep. Larocco's still Larocco. Ferry's still Ferry, even with the bad wrist. And, and Shorty beats them all on the other coast on a on a big bike, which mm-hmm. never happens anymore. When's the last time somebody rode another coast as a factory rider? Yeah, they don't do it. They do not have 250 riders. It's fucking ridiculous. I'm hearing a lot of guys talk about doing it this year. They ain't doing it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Shorty's good. So Shorty Shorty gets... 51 Honda, not Justin Barsha. Not Justin Barsha. Yeah, Andrew Short. So he gets my Jacob Marsak. We are getting dangerously close to actually having Jacob Marsak be in one of these races. Going right around his era. (laughs) Yeah, we are. Yeah, absolutely. just so people remember, we do this. Jacob Marsak got a podium. At Daytona in the 450 class in that epic mud race. Think about like just if you're just 55 years old and you're sitting back and you're like, I podium Daytona. Yeah. The most, one of the most prestigious races right. every year. And yep. I made the podium. And, and I don't care that it was muddy. Yes. And no one remembers that. So that's why we named this award yeah. Yeah. for Jacob Marseille. Right. Just a reminder. Uh, all right, everybody. The Lee at Re-Raceables. Uh, Maxis blends all on board with us. Orlando 05. Again, the hype was high, people. The race itself was good. Not a great one, but the hype, the, 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 the moment in time, the snapshot of James finally racing a dry race against Ricky Carmichael and Chad Reed. Yeah. Uh, you got to remember, you got to be there. So, Can I tell a uh, story here that might get me in trouble? Of course. Okay. Even better if you get in trouble. So I was writing the Racer X magazine story uh, for this. Yep. So they're like, hey, what's your headline and what's your subhead? So the headline for the magazine story was Sunshine Statement. Hmm. Because Chad Reed showed the two Floridians what's up at their home race. Yeah. So they, Dave, you liked the title. We ran that. I said, they're like, what's, what's the subhead? What's it say under that? Yeah. And I was like, well, if you think about it, it's like, you know, two guys from the same place, but, you know, now they're against each other. They've been turned against each other. 
So maybe like something about it being like civil war or something. And Davy's like, bro, you can't be running civil war. That's like a little too racist. <laughs> and I'm like, I had not even thought of the connotation. <laughs> I had not. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing didn't even cross my yeah, mind. Yeah. Like I, I had I, I, I essentially forgotten that yeah. there was any race thing yes. involved right. with this. Right. So as I realized I was so not racist, I yeah. forgot that this could be perceived <laughs> as, as, uh, yeah, as yeah, racist. Yeah. So we did not go with that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to... In 2005, I could have this discussion. Yeah, I hope uh, I don't get in trouble it's right fine. now. Yeah, okay. it's fine. Uh, but those are the things that the editors have to think about, right? Yes, yes like yeah. someone's going to take that badly. Right, right, right. Yes. Uh, it's not like Ping ripping apart a pizza place in Ohio. Oh, my God. <laughs> that should be erasables in itself. Er- erasables. Erasables. Yes. He, oh, his whole times. column was hilarious yes. about how bad this pizza place was. But I know how this works. It only takes one random Moto fan to be from this town to connect the dots. And the next thing you know, the pizza place finds out about it. And it was a disaster. It was a disaster. Kind of like your uncle finding uh, on your he Facebook. He did find out. Yeah, my uncle yeah. found out through the grapevine. And he's very upset with yep, me yep. that I wrote a column. Yeah, there you go. You, yeah. pe- you people. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Orlando 05. Uh, Lee at Reracables. Again, Maxis Blenzo on board with it. A lot of fun, Weege. And uh, thanks, everybody, for sticking around. Subscribe. Tell a friend. And all of that. Thanks, Weege. See ya.